I'm Anna Webb. Welcome to A Dog's Life. You know how much we enjoy sitting on the sofa reading a book together? Well, that's why we're zooming over to Hampstead to meet up with the author Jane Elson at our producers, and we're going to sit on the roof and have a chat about her latest book, Storm Horse, and her amazing award-winning book, Moondog. Jane Elson, welcome to A Dog's Life. Thank you, it's lovely to be here. Oh, it's so nice to be sitting on a roof terrace. I know. <laughs> and for Mike, my amazing producer, to lend us his roof terrace so we don't have to record on Zoom. Hurrah! Hurrah! <laughs> no Zoom. Oh, well, you know, we've known each other through All Dogs Matter, yes. really, yes. for quite a quite number a of years. Yes. And, um, you're a children's author, yeah. so imagine how honoured I felt when last year during the grim lockdown you invited me to host your book launch that obviously had to happen on Zoom, Zoom. <laughs> due to oh, lockdown. That was just such a lovely occasion and it was lovely to have you and to be able to do the launch from All Dogs Matter as well was really special with Ira and you hosting. It was turned into a really good conversation about dogs, didn't it? It really, really did. It really did, actually. And Moondog has gone on to win awards and yeah. be translated, hasn't yeah. it? It has. I'm really excited to have won the Spellbinding Cumbria Book Award. So I've been doing a virtual tour of Cumbria since then, visiting <laughs> schools on Zoom. So, yes, it's been very surreal and lovely. Amazing, amazing. And, and Moondog, Tell us, uh, tell all the listeners really okay. about Moondog, the theme and the inspiration for it. I had this image in my mind of a young boy who got into bad company and vandalised a building and then found puppies in this outbuilding and knew he had to do the right thing. That was a starting image. And then the whole story came to me with the whole puppy farm thing. And the research was heartbreaking. So I talked to Mark Abraham. Um, Lucy's Law, learned all about Lucy's Law. Ira was a wonderful inspiration. Um, Ira Moss, who, the general manager of All Dogs Matter, yeah, um, yeah. she was amazing with helping with the research because there's a rescue centre in Moondog and I wanted it to be run as rescue centres are. So she was valuable, so valuable. And there were so many wonderful documentaries like Sam Poling and yeah, and heartbreaking that, research. Yeah, that documentary really was, yeah. wasn't That was the 2016 yeah. documentary yes. that won awards. Yes, the Panorama yeah. oh, um, documentary that totally you know, said it as it was yes. and revealed the real horrors of puppy farming. Yes. That yeah. was so appropriate last year because of the puppy boom. People say that my books always hit the zeitgeist and out. Just as Moondog yes. was coming out, the puppy boom happened and all these terrible stories about people getting puppy online and gosh yeah and the tour I'm doing to speaking to children they're the next generation of dog owners so if I can get it into their minds what questions to ask when getting a dog how to look out for these people so that's I make them dog detectives yeah so they, have to, they have to find the right questions well I think it's really important in terms of education most definitely but I love the lead characters in Moondog Thank I, you. I love Moondog actually thank yeah. you because Daniel the lead yes yeah he he was dog man 
bad. It, yeah, it, Marcus in Moondog. Yeah, he, Marcus. Yeah, yes. So yeah. I'm confused. So it's I'm, easy I'm, to... I know, so we'll segue in a minute yeah. to your latest book, yeah. which I'm still reading. <laughs> so um, I can't give away any spoilers, no. James. I haven't quite got there, but I'm on Tenterhooks. Um, <laughs> Tenterhooks, you probably know the bit. I'm quite close to the end, but, mm -hmm. but we'll segue that. But yes, so sorry. So Marcus, he's just dog-obsessed. Yes, absolutely. As a young lad, and he sort of reminded me of me. <laughs> <laughs> reading lots of dog books and the breeds of yeah, dogs yeah. And, and just being really dog centric and he wasn't allowed to have a dog. No he wasn't and it broke his heart and, and then Moondog appears, the Newfoundland in the house next door and he becomes obsessed and through that the two children they go on this adventure and they discover the puppy farm and, and what's happening and they go on this big venture of discovery and become very rescue minded children. And it's brilliant and there was a happy ending and lots yeah. of dogs, um, yeah. you know, were saved yeah. and Moondog stayed with him, didn't yes, he? Yes, he did. And um, I hadn't met a Newfoundland because I live in Kentish Town and it's very <laughs> urban. So I went to discover dogs on a mission and I met this wonderful lady called Dawn. Um, with her dog Bob, who was a guest of honour, wasn't he, at the launch that you hosted? That's right. No, well, yeah. there had to be a Newfoundland. Yeah. You know, um, uh, what, what an interesting breed, though, to have chosen, yes. you know. Um, but just Billy, not Billy, even Mr. Binks, just being very curious as we're on the roof. Anna's, you know, nervousness of being up high in case he decided to jump. Um, not that he can, of course, but um, there we go. Come and settle down. You're having a good time, Mr. Binks, the co-host of A Dog's Life. And, but in the book as well, you know, you, you really investigate relationships with children. And there is a continuity, isn't there, between Moondog and, yes. and Stormhorse yeah. in particular with the characters. Yes, I love um, investigating unlikely friendships mm. and the fact that Marcus is so tall and Delilah's so small and they swap skills to help each other. And I love that and I love to encourage children to do that, to look outside their friendship groups and they might find things in common with children they never expected to and new friendships happen. Yeah, yeah. and also about the um, the Cedar the Cedar Street Backstreet Boys. Yeah, Cinder Street but the bullies. You have to bullies. get your bullies in there. Yes. Yeah. And yeah. that's um, still a constant theme, yes, isn't it? it in, is. in schools. Yeah. Because um, some children are easier to pick on and you know vulnerable and it's his journey through learning to stand up for himself and telling people and he becomes such a strong person at the end. So it was a lovely journey to follow. Definitely, yeah. definitely. But your journey, you know, through school, it's uh, not been easy. No. And all of this is reflected also in your books. Thank you, yeah. I was an undiagnosed dyslexic and I was told I was so stupid I would never achieve anything. So I was totally, totally written off at school. Gosh. So I still have to pinch myself. I've won 10 literary awards now and I have to pinch myself and they mean so much to me because this is the girl that got 5 out of 10 for her essay, Stupid Mistakes. So I never thought I could become in red pen, of course. I used red pen then. So the fact that this has happened to me is, I really do have to pinch myself. But you write mm. so well, you Thank know. I mean, you. they're... they're I they're not really children's books, are they? It's a bit like when you go and see a Disney cartoon. Yeah. There's so many levels that you can, you yeah. know, absorb from yeah. it. So it, um, they call it middle grade, so it's 8 to 13, but so many adults read my books, so many, and teenagers, and I love that when different people have read it and said, oh, I didn't expect to 
enjoy a, a children's book for that age group and I absolutely loved it and then they go and recommend it to everyone and also because my books are about issues I love the fact that adults read them because they can put them in front of a child who needs it for instance will you catch me is about a child of an alcohol dependent mom and so many adults have put that book in front of children who needed it so yes that matters so yeah, it's that lovely. does matter and also though you know you mentioned your di dyslexia yes but the books are produced aren't they to help children with reading difficulties yes um well it's very important the font for me um so Moondog, we chose a very dyslexic friendly font so that children, it's easy on children's eye. And yes, Stormhorse. So we went to a lot of trouble with this. I'm so proud of it. At the beginning, I've written a letter to encourage reluctant readers and dyslexic readers to read it in small, manageable chunks. And we've chosen a dyslexic friendly font. And also Michelle Brackenborough, who is a genius designer, she's put wonderful designs to break up the words so that there's never too much before a child comes to an illustration, which makes it more pleasurable for them to read. Yeah, sure, yeah. but also pleasurable for a grown-up. Yes. I'm, I'm whizzing through Stormhorse. <laughs> Thank um, you. And again, it's got a similar mm. look to the front cover. Yes. So, you know, you've got a series coming yeah. out. This will sit very proudly yeah. alongside Moondog yeah. as, you know, a yeah. definitely themed Jane Def Nelson. Thank you. Keith Robinson did the artwork on the front. He's such a beautiful illustrator. And so what was the inspiration for Stormhorse then? I have always loved Seabiscuit, the oh, story of Seabiscuit. I know, me too. Seabiscuit's my hero. Um, and for those who don't know Seabiscuit, he was a horse in the 1930s with knobbly knees, a funny walk, and he lost the first 17 of his races. And a, a wonderful horse trainer called Tom Smith, they called him the Horse Whisperer, could see something in him. And he says the first time he saw Seabiscuit, Seabiscuit nodded. And they saw something in each other's eyes. And he paired him with Red Pollard. He was a jockey. He was too tall to be a jockey. And he was actually blind in one eye. And those two, they started to win and win and win. And of course, this was the Great Depression when people had lost their homes, their jobs. They were living in cars. They were living in shacks. And he became the hero of people who'd lost everything because they thought if Seabiscuit can win, so can we. And people loved, he had more newspaper coverage than President Roosevelt, Hitler and Mussolini. He had more newspaper coverage. I love that. He was so famous. <laughs> Well, he reminds me a bit, you know, the dog version, I think, would be Rin Tin Tin. Yes. You know, she's, he's one of my heroes, oh. really. You know, he had such an impact. I mean, not least, you know, Warner Brothers wouldn't be here oh. today if it hadn't been for Rin Tin Tin. Wow. I know, because he brought in so much to the box office, he saved them from bankruptcy. Gosh. I know. That's fascinating. Mm. He's the only dog to have had his death announced globally. Wow. There was a minute silence oh. across the world when Rin Tin Tin passed. Yeah. Oh, I, I found know. myself tearing up at that. That's I know. so emotional. But he died, he died before 1930. Um, I know, he died in 1937. He was 17, so he was born in 1916. So 26, 17, 30, 30. 34, about 1934. Gosh. Yeah. So again, the yeah. similar time yes. of yes. the mid 1930s. People need heroes, and animals can, are wonderful heroes, aren't they? They're yeah. wonderful heroes. And he, he, you know, a bit like Seabiscuit, he epitomised the American dream yeah. yes. that you can achieve yeah. great things from yeah. nowhere, being yeah. the underdog. 
But when you think what's happened lately with the pandemic, children need a hero. So it seems the perfect time to tell the story of Seabiscuit again, yes. a re reacquaint. And something exciting happened. I managed to trace Nora. Um, Who's Nora? Nora Pollard is Red Pollard's daughter, the jockey's daughter. Oh, wow. And I wrote to her and she, I got Stormhorse to her and she said it's an extraordinary book. And she said that her father wasn't a proud man, but she felt sure he would be proud to be in my book with Seabiscuit. That's the nicest email I've ever had. It's a landmark email, to be honest with you, It's Jay. a direct link to history. It feels wonderful. Yes, a direct link to history and, um, you know, to a story that's perhaps fading a bit. And there was yeah. a great film of Seabiscuit yes. with Jeff Bridges. Laura Hillenbrand, because um, the story lay hidden in history. Right. And then Laura discovered it in a newspaper and wrote the fact book and it went straight to the New York bestseller list to the top and then they made the film um, so this feels the perfect time it's like a relay race I've reached out now and I'm spreading it to the next generation so it feels really special yeah no totally yeah. and Red Pollard was an avid reader he never stopped reading he would quote Shakespeare to the other jockeys so what a wonderful hero because Daniel um, who is the dyslexic protagonist worships Seabiscuit and Red Pollard and he wishes he was Red Pollard and I thought Red Pollard is the perfect hero for a dyslexic child yeah definitely yeah. definitely but rather than it being obviously you know about dogs yeah. Stormhorse is yeah. about a horse. horse yeah but there are dogs there there are dogs <laughs> yeah there. And also links and, and one of the dogs the staffy called buster yes who was in moon dog yes and he's also in will you catch me and how to fly with broken wings my previous books when i was um writing i pulled out all the books that i read at that age group and i thought gosh well these are lovely dogs but there were collies and that cute lovable mongrel and retrievers and, uh, where's the staffies so there's so many staffies where I live that I thought I want to write a staffy character and Buster jumped into my life and I don't plan for him to be every book but he jumps on the page and <laughs> with Will jumps you, in. he jumps in and with Will You Catch Me it made sense with the little girl being so vulnerable because staffies they, they, they sense that youngest most vulnerable person they do yeah I think all dogs yeah, do Jane. they do I think they're, they're amazing I mean Stumpies yeah. and Bull Terriers are known yes. to be the nanny dogs yes yeah, yes so dogs are amazing aren't they oh gosh they so are but they you so know e equally horses and yes. all animals and Seabiscuit yeah. he was a bit of a difficult horse wasn't he that's why yes. no one wanted him and he was considered <laughs> a total failure and he had animal friends he did he had a horse called Pumpkin he went with him everywhere. Uh, first of all, he was introduced to a goat. So that bit in the film is true. <laughs> and he, he got rid of the goat over the stable door. So then they tried other animals. So there was a little monkey, monkey. Jojo, a little stray dog, Potakel, and Pumpkin, the horse. Yes. And, and that's funny, isn't it? They used I, to sleep together, oh, huddled together. So Jojo a, slept on his neck. Oh, sweet. That's such an old-fashioned way, yeah. you know, and it's yeah. interesting to look back yeah. at how people rehabilitated, yes. you know, anxious, yeah. a bit sort of reactive animals yes. by giving them company of a different yes. species. Yes. Because it that kind of works a lot. It does, and I wanted to do this in Stormhorse. So um, a greyhound, Silver. Um, and Buster again, so they become, we called the horse Jammy Dodger in honour of Seabiscuit because <laughs> the children wanted to call the dog in honour of Seabiscuit. So yes, so um, Jammy Dodger has his animal family too. Um, 
No, it's fantastic. Yeah, thank you. It really is fantastic. I absolutely love it. And I, I'm just thank like, you. you know, on the edge of my seat because the other thing you're bringing in in Stormhorse is, you know, animals helping children read. Yes. And yes. that's become quite a big thing at the moment. Um, I was an actor and I teach sight reading and more young people get emotional reading in public than any, or even in, in front of their classmates. I've had more tears in my workshops and you get used to it. And the fact that with its animals, animals do not judge. So children feel safe. So I think it's the most wondrous thing. I really, really do. I really do. And, I, and horses have this, they're very good with young autistic people, especially, I'm, you know, I've, I've read and learned. And I think they have so much understanding and empathy. Sometimes animals have so much more understanding than people, don't they? Well, they really they do. They sense it. Well, they do, they sense it. And yes. they, they, they don't mind, no. you know, and, and they just want to help. And they, I think they do sense if you're a little vulnerable yeah. and yeah. they see something of themselves in you. Yes. And absolutely, you know, yeah. riding for the disabled. Yeah, and, exactly. You know, and when I've got a young person over their fear of reading aloud, it's the most beautiful feeling and I think, gosh, if only I could have had a dog or a horse there, I think they'd have got there sooner, yeah. to be honest. Yeah, it is, it is really interesting, you know, particularly lockdown and everything, we've all been so cooped up and we've yes. turned to dogs and other yeah. pets to give us the companionship. Yeah. I used to read to my rabbit Flopsy and Did you? my pig Tinker. Tinker. <laughs> he was a little monkey. <laughs> And I used to do my drama pieces to them and read to them. Oh, so so I love guinea pigs. Oh, they're such characters. Yes, I had one called Squeak. Aww. I know, my dad built him this amazing hutch. Oh, and um, that was really funny. Uh, so it had like a drawer, so I could just put oh, wow. him in one side and then pull the drawer out with all his, you know, poops and everything, dispose of that efficiently, and then put the drawer <laughs> back in. It was this most mad homemade hutch. Oh, that's brilliant! I know now they keep guinea pigs and rabbits um, separate, but in when I was a little girl, they often lived together. And my guinea pig used to ride around on the rabbit's back in the summer and hide underneath him to keep warm in winter. Gosh, he wasn't daft. No, 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 bit of a. Biscuit. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> oh, no, we love that. But, you know, it is interesting then in, you know, your reading. Have you ever, you know, done a session with children and brought in a therapy dog? The school I did an event in this morning have two therapy dogs. Oh, wow. um, I worked at the Moat School for years and years, which is a school for dyslexia and other um, SEN, and they have a dog there. So the dog came into one of my sessions, which was really, really lovely. And did you notice a difference? I think, yes. I think children, it's its a distraction, and the, the dog's not going to say, you've read that word wrong, or anything oh, like exactly, that. Exactly, exactly. They don't care. They just like to hear your words. And in fact, my rescue cat was blind, and he used to love me reading to him because my spoken voice was his whole world. Aww. So, and they love laptops cats. They love the warmth and the low hum they give out. So they, you know, used to come and listen and I used to read and loved it. They loved it. Yeah. In fact, I show a picture of my cats looking at my laptop and I put cats checking my spelling and I use that when I'm talking to children and they go, what? And I say, yeah, I can't spell. And then that leads on to the whole thing. But it's also, you know, a bit of triumph over adversity going on, I think, which in your books, which is that inspiration that yeah. things can change. Oh, you can move through yeah. a pandemic, get yes. through to the other side. Yeah. The most exciting thing, there's an organisation called Women Beyond the Box. And it's so exciting that 
I was voted as one of the top 50 neurodiverse influences, wow. which was really exciting. I wrote a letter recently, a letter to my young dyslexic self, which was on social media. And if only I'd known then when I was nine what was going to happen and that the world would start to recognise neurodiverse brains, I mean, which is a wondrous thing because we need all sorts of brains to work. Definitely, definitely, you know, otherwise the world would be yes. a very boring place, yes. you know, very boring. No, it's, I think it's so inspired actually, but also I guess it's brought you more in tune a bit yeah. with animals through oh, some research and, definitely. you know, particularly going back into yeah. the archives of Seabiscuit, I'm really oh, jealous. Oh my gosh, I've spent about a year and a half researching Seabiscuit, absolutely in love with Seabiscuit, but there's a horse called Winston who I visit and he he loves to lie down for a nap and so the picture on the front of my book is inspired by Winston and I just noticed the difference to my well-being when I'm with Winston because he is so calming so he was a big influence on me making a reading horse yes yeah. I, I really really yeah. love that actually which I think it's something to do with the size of horses oh, that you really can't be excitable around them no. you no. know and they are definitely bigger than you yeah. and stronger yeah and there's but and that brings out the gentleness definitely. and I think it's more magnified really the energy between you and a horse definitely um, I do agree yeah. there in a way they really do uh, and um, Winston is just such a gentle giant mm. he's so gentle and it just makes me completely whatever's going on with my writing and deadlines and everything when I'm with Winston calmness you have to be in the yeah. moment because yeah. you know a quick movement yes. or something it could yeah. spook him or you need Definitely. to really respect the horse yes yeah. I love animals <laughs> I know absolutely and I guess you know delving deep and going back to Moondog and the puppy farming yes. oh gosh that must have been a, it was hard research yeah and, and also hard writing it yes. you know because Moondog wasn't all happy was no, it? it no I mean you cut it like it was it, it's there important. was a death wasn't yeah. there I had to do that I had yeah. to be realistic yeah um I was caught 15 years ago I was very very worried about this little kitten in a pet shop and I did what a lot of people do rescue it from the back and she died the next day oh. and that was my big journey because I ended up at the vets Daniel Perry he was so kind four o'clock in the morning with my pajamas and my carrot over the top and this dying kitten and he was amazing and he told me to organize my thoughts and he said in a nice way he said right what we need to do is tell the pet shop what's happened they couldn't have cared less they're no longer trading thank god but they they just threw oh I have two other cats and i said no i've come to tell you that the kitten had e coli so the other kittens in the litter might anyway i donated all the stuff to cats protection and that's and they said you'd make a good fosterer and that's what started me on the whole rescue and then i met ira and all dogs matter and i love being an official friend of all dogs matter and just changed my life getting that little kitten so little crayon she has a legacy was that her name yeah little crayon, crayon. Yeah. oh that's so sweet little crayon. this is what animals do you see yes. and they enrich our lives and you meet people i wouldn't have really met mike you know who's yeah. here and mike hansen producer of dog's life if it hadn't really been for dogs or or mm. yourself jane and that's it's it just keeps the world it's more lovely. interesting we've had lots of fun judging at various all dogs matter events haven't no, I we know. It's, it's always so competitive <laughs> my gosh everyone gets so competitive yeah. at those dog shows yes. and you just think oh god oh. it's just impossible it's almost close your eyes and circle around and point at someone it's yeah. you know it's near impossible to choose yeah, I, really. I hate that bit i must say I hate that bit what have you got upcoming do you think oh gosh 
I've got to generate some new ideas for books, so I'm, I'm doing that. I'm busy, of course, on my virtual tour at the moment. Um, with Stormhorse? No, we're, yes, with Moondog. Um, and then so, I'm getting an event ready for Stormhorse, which um, I'm hoping you know, to do more events with Stormhorse. So I've been busy getting that ready and then finishing the Moondog tour. So lots happening at the moment. And then be looking forward to generating more ideas. So I've got a few, but I'm not... <laughs> <laughs> well, I can't wait to find out. Thank I bet you. you've got loads brewing, you know, it's fantastic. <laughs> and I love you. the way you write, Thank Jane. You and, so much. and obviously, for Christmas, what could be better? It's a very Christmassy book with the red and green. No, it really it? is. I'm just looking at the cover, and I love yeah. the way this is, you know, sort of in patent. Yes. And all the lovely yeah. fruit and the stormy background. It's the most exciting thing getting a book for Christmas. It's like an adventure for Christmas, isn't it? It takes you into a different world. And I have asthma and we used to spend Christmas at a farm and my breathing was always quite bad. And I'd look in my stocking for my book and read all night. And yeah. I always remember doing that. I think it's a special thing. Well, I really do, particularly these days yeah. with, you know, all the tablets yeah. and children don't read. And I, I, I just feel... It's so important. It really is. And, you know, yeah. I just don't want us to turn into aliens with giant thumbs, yeah. you know. And I think to immerse yourself in a book and so... It is a perfect thing to do over Christmas Definitely. and encourage children yeah. to read. Yeah, I always remember the excitement around Advent calendars as well leading up to Christmas. And I know some people have a different Advent calendar every year, which is lovely and fun, you can do that. When I was little, we had the same one and I knew them all. I still knew what was behind that door, but it was still, <gasps> I'm seeing Christmas tree again. I'm seeing Father Christmas again. Well, they get more and more elaborate, they don't do. they? There's calendars. some beautiful ones out there, really beautiful. Yeah, and I think they're, they're key to the tradition of Christmas. Definitely. Yeah, and I think there's a lot to be said for that tra tradition yeah. and, and history yes. and everything. Because I think perhaps that's lacking a bit. I think so. Do you think so? I You've definitely. got more contact going into schools with yes. children. but. What do you think? Do children get excited about Christmas now? I think it's really good to bring children back to the simpler things as well, mm. to get them away from their screens. Oh, yes. And how lovely to open a actual calendar and have a look. And I know. It's a lovely thing. And, you well, know, I think it's important. I think children do get excited, but I think it's important to remember the simpler things can also bring you excitement as well. And Yes, and really? trigger the imagination Definitely. rather than just putting like it... Like a book will trigger the imagination. Exactly, rather than grow. putting yes. it into Google and getting yeah. Google's answer for everything. Think, yes. which, yeah. um, it's not stimulating the brain, no. is it, in no. any way? But it's the imagination, and I love the way as well, you know, in your books, obviously, Storm Horse is part of the family and so is Moondog. Yes. But Christmas is a big thing oh. now for, for your pet as well. Yes. And that's, again, a lovely way yeah. of linking children Definitely. to Christmas the dogs and, and the cats in the home yeah. with advent calendars. Definitely, definitely. And just linking pets to what you can and can't do around Christmas is important as well, isn't it, with foods and Well, things. that's true. That yeah. is true. So educational advent calendars yeah. um, is a good idea maybe yeah. as well. But I think, yeah, opening doors, it's very it's Narnia. It's exciting, it is, very. Very Narnia, we yeah. love that. Yeah. So, gosh, so Jane, do you have an advent calendar yourself as a grown-up? Uh, I think I should get one. I think we all <laughs> need to Because I'm missing the year. one I had as a child. Exactly. I might have to get one. I know, I think we're all going to have advent calendars this Definitely. year. Um, They're exciting and lovely, and it's, I love countdowns to things, and that's yeah. a perfect countdown. Yeah, and to yeah. get the excitement and yeah. the community spirit yeah. that was dashed, wasn't yeah. it, last year? 
year. Yeah, I mean, nobody definitely. had Christmas last year. I did, so. a, I did a countdown to Stormhouse on social media with pictures of sea biscuits. So yeah, I saw <laughs> making my own virtual <laughs> yeah. countdown, which is fun. But actually having something you can hold is really special. So. Yeah, no, gosh, I think so. Well, here's to Advent calendars yes. and here's to a massive success with Stormhorse. Thank you so much. And it really is amazing. I'm on the you know, edge of my seat Thank with Stormhorse. So, so much. I think it's make a super Christmas present and Moondog, Thank definitely. And Thank that, you. I love that for the, the real doggy people. They look really pretty together, don't yeah, they? Yeah, it's going to look do. great on the bookshelf. Because, well, do you call this patent? No, I, I mean, this is laminate I don't, print. I, is it? embossed foiling i don't know the okay, technical terms but maybe embossed I've made that, maybe foiling. I've made that, that up, no i think it is embossed <laughs> so. foiling yes i love it you know it's gorgeous so jane where can people get your books you can get my books from any independent bookshop um if it's not there they will order it in for you but it's great to support independent bookshops i agree definitely yes and who's it published by i should um, know hachette hachette children hachette. Yes. i always call them hatchet <laughs> <laughs> it is hachette yes hachette <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so um, they are my publishers, and my editor is Naomi Greenwood, and she's absolutely wonderful. So, yeah, I love working with her so much. Really. Oh, well, yeah. it's great to have a great team around yes, you, and I guess wonderful. you can get it online yeah. as well, though. If you, yes, book. yes, you can. Yeah, you can. Oh, we love it. Thank you so much, Jane. Thank you. I've had a lovely time. Thank you. That's our show, Mr Binks. What did you think? Yes, it was heartwarming to learn about Seabiscuit, an icon that's been brought out of history in time for Christmas. What's that? Oh yes, it is time for Woof of the Week. I think it really is heartwarming to see animals helping children learn. Thank you for listening, and I hope you all enjoyed it. If you did, please rate and review the show wherever you tune into your podcasts. Thanks again to Jane Elson and for delivering such great books. You can find out more about Jane in the show notes. Thanks, of course, to Mike Hansen, my producer. You can find out more about him at Pod People UK. And for more about me, I'm at Anna Webb Dogs. What's that, Mr. Binks? Yes, we will be back in your feed next Sunday. So go on, subscribe now. It's free and then you'll never miss another show. <laughs>